This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I'm looking for durable competitive advantage. I'm looking for something that has a moat around it for a considerable period of time. And I'm looking for an an honest and able management to run it because I don't know how to run it myself. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a podcast giving you all the fundamentals you need to feel confident to start your investing journey. There is no jargon and no BS. Over three episodes, we're going to be doing a Broker Basics series with Superhero. We've crowdsourced questions from the Equity Mates community and included some of our own. We'll be covering the fundamentals of brokers, choosing the right broker for you, making a trade and managing your portfolio. This is the one-stop shop for all of your broker questions and we've brought in the expert from Superhero to help us through it all. But firstly, as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm good, Bryce. Very excited for this episode. Uh, Very excited for this series. But this, uh, I think, this episode, episode two, is going to answer probably the the most common questions. If brokers is the most common theme of questions we get, the most common uh, question in that theme is, you know, which one's right for me and yes. what should I think about when choosing the broker? Because the best thing about investing in 2020 is there's heaps of options out there. They're all cheaper than our parents had to, you know, what, what they had to choose from. And they all offer, you know, pretty good technology and access. And so the question then becomes, how do I navigate it and how do I decide which one's right? And by the end of this episode, you'll have all the information you need to do that. And to help us through it all, we are lucky enough to be joined again by founder and CEO of Superhero, John Winters. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Last episode was a success. Good to be back. Good fun. Yeah. (laughs) Now we're going to go, we'll keep it basic, but uh, yeah, there are a number of key fundamental, I guess, factors to consider, Um, two of which are close to our heart, well, one of which being fees, big policy here at Equity Mates. (laughs) Same here. We hate fees. Hate fees. Uh, Paperwork, uh, not as big a factor when choosing a broker, but... Uh, Superhero are doing some things about getting rid of paper. So we're, we're that's trying to get rid of the printer in the office. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We don't really know what to do with paper when it gets sent to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do what Bryce does. Bin it. Bin it. Yeah. 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 I, so I actually try and send it back. Yeah. <laughs> Return to sender. Yeah. <laughs> See what they do. Un- unwanted. Yeah. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to be covering off all of the factors to consider when choosing uh, the right broker for you. But before we do, I guess, let's start higher level and uh, understand um, a little bit more about the differences in brokers. So are all 
brokers the same? Good question. I, I, I think I, I think the question should be uh, it, what are the brokers actually trading in? What markets or what investments can you access through those brokers? And that's where I think there is a difference. So if you if you said is there a difference between ASX listed share brokers? There's not a huge difference. Uh, it's it's really when you start looking at other investment products like CFDs, some of the synthetic uh, investment options that are out there. Now, John, I would ask you to explain what CFDs are, but I'm not even going to because don't trade them. That's yeah. just <laughs> equity mates policy number four. Don't trade CFDs. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think the um, quick two cents worth, I think CFDs are effectively just gambling. Mm. You're just gambling mm. on share prices. However, as a beginner, you will come across platforms that offer CFDs and access to the Australian stock market. So it is important to recognize when you're signing up what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Um, if you do see the acronym CFD, stay clear. Stay yeah. away. We, yeah. we should, maybe we should say the reason that we say this is because you can lose a lot more money than you put in. And, it's, um, and, and some yeah. of the CFD broker websites do point that out on the website. Mm. It, it, it does say that, that over 75% of people do, on, on certain websites it says it, that, that people lose money. When trading CFDs, and you didn't so, make yeah. that figure up. That is a that is that is yeah. Figure, yeah. I won't mention the company, no, but no. <laughs> but they are. It is like a casino, and yeah. the house is designed to win. Mm. So they take the other side of your trade. You're not actually buying a share. You're just buying a, a synthetic investment. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. Stay away. So that that is the key difference with with brokers. Make sure you are setting up an account with a broker to invest in the things that you want to invest in. Yeah. So that's that's shares, ETFs. It's not it's not synthetics like like CFDs or, mm. or options. Options a little bit different. Um, some online brokers offer those, some some don't. Uh, but it is important to to see what what are what what securities are on offer yeah. when setting up yeah. an account. I think yeah you can live a long and happy investment life and you can make plenty of money Never worrying about options, futures, CFDs, and stuff like Turbo that. Knockout Turbo warrants. knockout Turbo warrants. Turbo knockout warrants. Which, if you don't know what they are, uh, we interviewed John on the main Equity Mates podcast feed, and uh, you can hear his story of uh, investing in Turbo knockout warrants during the JFC. <laughs> Put they those sound in the same epic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do, right? Yeah. But yeah, it didn't not, end well. It didn't end well. Don't invest in those either. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the, we've just touched on the. The difference, I guess, in terms of what products brokers offer. One thing that we often like to talk about, and I'd like to get your thoughts on, um, is around people, I guess, get paralyzed by this choice and they feel that they need to find the perfect broker. You know, you got to find the one that's right for you from the very beginning. Do you think that's the right way to approach choosing your broker? What's the definition of Perfection, I guess, is the question. You know, what what is it? What well, is let's, it? That, let's get what, philosophical here. <laughs> yeah. What is the what is what is that what is that perfection you're looking for? Is it user experience? Is it the products that you can invest in? Is it the the different markets you can invest in? Are you a chartist and you want you know fancy charts? I I don't think you're going to find a, a one stop shop where you find absolutely everything you want. 
Um, you may find a broker that has the charting software that you want built in, but the user experience might not be very good. Mm. You may find a cheaper broker, but you can't invest in what you want to invest in. So there's, there's, there's going to be sacrifices you're going to have to make across everything, uh, across all, all different type of brokers. So I think you can always change yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think start with one. Once you get familiar with investing and the whole concept and, and you know how to place a trade and you know what you want to invest in, I think you can always you can always sort of trade up. You yeah. can change, you can move, and it's not an expensive process, maybe a bit of a hassle. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, I've changed four times in my investing career and I still have all those brokerage accounts open um, and I have shares in them, but it's just like as new entrants come to market, yeah. you know, it's easy to sign up. Um, and it's not like refinancing your mortgage. Exactly. Where you have yeah, to go yeah. through a whole process. <laughs> you, you really just need your ID and, and away you go. Yeah. It's, and it's I mean, not that hard. the only thing is if you're, if you have a broker platform that charges like a inactive fee or something, um, you need to be mindful of that. But otherwise, if there's no cost to just walk away from an old, old broker and leave those shares there um, and move to a new one. It's it's an easy switch and I've it's been, one... I've never really understood the whole inactive fee thing. Yeah, me. Yeah. What if you don't have cash in your account? Well, what if you don't get... want to trade that actively? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What happened to buy and hold? I know, I know. So yeah. I think uh, we can safely say that Superhero does not have we don't any have inactive, inactive fee. fee. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the key takeaway from that really is don't let the choice overwhelm and paralyze you and prevent you from getting started. There are a number of factors that we will go through very shortly that you can consider and prioritize as what may be the most important and then look for a broker that satisfies that, not all of them. And then as you progress as an investor, it's easy to change and find brokers that suit your investing style as you go. I'm the same as Ren. I've changed a number of times. I do transfer my shares as I go if I feel like that broker has exceeded, you know, the old, um, which is easy to do as yeah. well, I think. I should probably do that. I might get you to talk me through it after the this hassle is, <laughs> We might even cover it. We might. <laughs> the hassle is just filling in a form, really. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, exactly. that's it. And then hey, as long as if, if it's an online form, I'll fill it out. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not touching it. I know. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right, so... We should move on. We should. We should. Um, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Just get started. Our two catch cries. We yes. just got to repeat. Strive, strive for perfection. Settle for excellence. Oh, there you no, go. There you go. Nice. We might have to add that to the stable of quotes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think um, this episode, we're really going to talk about the key factors. Um, the f I guess maybe let's start with an overview and then we'll go deep on uh, the major ones. So at a high level... Um, what are some of the key factors that an everyday investor should be considering uh, when weighing up the choices of brokers? So I think that the, the first one should be whether you want advice or not. If you're a DIY investor, really you're looking at price. That's got to be the, that's got to be the first thing. Because yeah. you're buying, whether you're buying Afterpay, Zip or BHP, those are the shares that you're buying, whether you're at a full service broker, you're at Comsec, Superhero, or, or Self Wealth. They're all the same shares. You just need to really decide if you want to speak to someone and get advice on, on the purchase or if you just want to execute your trade based on the research that you've done. So I think price and fees are, should be the first cab off the rank when you're looking for, for a broker. Um, the, the, the next one would be what you want to invest in. Mm -hmm. So are you looking for 
are you looking solely to trade on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange? Then you're obviously going to need to do some homework around what, what you want to invest in. But if you want to invest in Aussie shares and ETFs, the, the process shouldn't be an extensive one. It shouldn't be a barrier to entry. Yeah. You should be able to pick up, um, you know, who, who trades on the, on the Aussie market relatively easy, easily. And, and yeah, that, that shouldn't be a barrier to entry. Other than, other than fees and the markets that you want to trade on, I think it really comes down to per, personal preference. It comes down to the user experience yeah. and how you want to engage and interact with, mm-hmm. with the platform that you've selected. And, and you know, we say we, you know, we're trying to move away from the old school way of online broking, which is you know, a, a, a spreadsheet on a website. We're trying to, we're trying to do do things in the new world way where you know people have become accustomed to using uber and and netflix and and spotify and they understand these new tech platforms and and it's we believe only only now are you starting to see that across financial services mm-hmm. uh, so it, it comes down to personal preference around the user experience and the and the level of detail around you know research and financial information and charting and things i think that that would be sort of the last thing that you'd be yeah. considering so we'll jump into them in a second. The next question then is, is there a minimum that I need to sort of save up to get started with my investing through brokers? Does you know that, that change depending on a full service broker and online like Superhero? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think the, the online brokers, you really, you really need to start with a significant amount of capital. If you're investing a thousand dollars with a with a full service broker, your costs are going to be over ten percent of the trade. You know they're charging hundred hundred twenty five dollars minimum just to place a trade, mm-hmm. uh, or or a percentage based amount. So you would need hundred k plus to, to really make it worthwhile. Most online brokers are around five hundred bucks as a minimum. Superhero is a hundred dollars, so you could start with a hundred bucks. You, you could actually put in a, a market order and buy one afterpay share, yeah. which, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Like it's, like it's really, it's getting, like you want to get started. started. You want to yeah. start small. You just, yeah. just want to, you know, I think, it's, I think it's awesome. We do, we see people come on and buy one afterpay share. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, which is, which is great because the, the other option, the only other option that they've got in the investing world would be to go to a, to a raise or a spaceship uh, and a spaceship Voyager, and and you know do some sort of micro investing through a managed fund. So we we we're trying to get that that investing journey started earlier. Yeah. So I think I think that that's obviously a a, a key consideration. So the full service broker, you you need a substantial amount of capital. Online, you can start really small. Yeah. Yeah. What what happens if so Afterpay is just under a hundred dollars? So I assume it's with the five dollar brokerage. It's over a hundred. You can buy it. What happens if Afterpay drops? I know Bryce doesn't like hearing that sentence, but yeah. <laughs> what happens if Afterpay falls? Can you sell it for less than a hundred? Yes, you can. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, should we get into yeah. these factors in a little bit more detail? Let's do it. And I think um, we're going to talk about these factors generally because there are we, there are obviously a number of players out there, and we might mention some of them as we go. But um, I think the important thing to to note is that these players are constantly changing. Um, 
they're a new entrance to the market. One of them sitting right here with us today. Um, but also the existing players are constantly updating what they're trying to do and they're trying to compete. And so I think we're going to keep these factors pretty general. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the purpose is keep these factors in mind when you're doing your own research and you're Googling. Because if you're listening to this, in 2021, 2022, you know, further down the line, the players may have changed, but the factors won't have. Yeah. The factors will be evergreen. So let's start. Um, let's start with the big one that you mentioned, and the number one policy here at Equity Mates is we hate fees. So let's talk about costs. Um, how should you think about the costs of brokers? Um, and I think importantly, we've touched on brokerage, the cost to buy and sell. But what other costs should we be thinking about? Well, we, we touched on inactivity uh, fees <laughs> and inactivity fees. I think that the cost when it comes to, to trading shares is really like the headline cost is, is brokerage. Mm. There, there shouldn't really be too many other costs other than that. And to be super basic, what is brokerage? Brokerage is the fee that you get charged when you transact. Buy or sell? Buy or sell. So with, with most brokers, there's, there's a minimum amount. And then there's a percentage over if it goes over that amount. Uh, with superhero, it's flat five bucks. And there's a couple of other guys doing flat five dollar trades as well. As uh, sorry, flat fee trades. Mm. Um, Can, just to just to put some um, to like put an example there. That that might be a big bank. If you're trading up to ten thousand dollars, it might charge you let's say twenty dollars a trade. Yeah. But then if you charge if you trade over that ten thousand dollars, so if you buy $20,000 worth of shares, then it's a percentage. Yeah, so it might be 0.2 of a percent. Yeah. So if you traded 20 grand, they'd charge you 40 bucks. Yeah, but with Superhero, I can charge, I can trade 100, 1,000 or $100,000 and it's just $5, Five flat. Yeah. 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 Not bad. <laughs> we, we hate fees too. Yeah. <laughs> so... Other than other other than that transaction or that brokerage fee, there shouldn't there shouldn't be a huge amount of other costs. There are significant fees charged by the ASX to display data, to display share prices in real time. Mm. So there, there's a fee for for delayed data, so you can get twenty minute delayed data. Your trades still happen in real time, but you're trading off older data. There's significant charges for live data. And we we've, we've got an account that you can you can pay for for live data. Mm -hmm. The moment it's all free in twenty twenty two, you're probably going to have to pay for it. Yeah, um, which, which is standard for a lot of brokers these days that they have some subscription form or something where a form yeah. of subscription where yeah. you get live data. Yeah. So so ours is ours is a little bit different. We 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 offer full consolidated tax reports and portfolio performance reporting as well. And it's it's nine dollars a month, but you could go some to some of the big banks. They charge between forty and a hundred dollars a month for for just for live data access. Wow. So it is important to look at at what those fees are, and and if you need live data, if you if you're going to come on and just say I want to buy a hundred bucks, I want to buy my one afterpay share, it's it's probably not necessary to have mm. paid for live data for that because you know whilst of course you, you care about the price you're buying it at, whether you're buying it at $102.93 versus $102.97, it's probably not going to really move the needle yeah. in the greater scheme of things. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you need to consider what you know, how active you're going to be and, and what, what you're going to do on the, uh, once you've got an account. Um, but I'd say that those are, those are the other fees that you'd need to consider. 
But other than that, there's not um, there's not a, there's not a huge amount of costs involved. Now you say that you shouldn't. There shouldn't really be any other costs involved. But unfortunately, uh, some of the brokers out there, there are other costs involved. So I think it's worth us just covering off other fees that you may have to uh, watch out for. Um, things like the inactive fee that we spoke about. Um, there are subscription costs which we've talked about. Some uh, brokers have just general things like account fees, um, or you know, uh, if you don't. Uh, it may not be inactivity, but it's like if you don't do X number of trades in a set period of time, there's additional fees as well. So um, I think whatever broker you're signing up with, go to read the PDS or go to the fee section of their website because yep. sometimes they like to slip little fees in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that just comes down to your understanding of how often you think you're going to be buying and selling and then you can make the decision from there. I guess the flow on question, John, is if brokerage and is, is an, or the most important factor, the question is why is that important? What impact does brokerage actually have on your individual returns for the stock that you bought and I guess more generally your overall portfolio returns? Yep. Does it have an impact? Absolutely, it has an impact. All fees have an impact on, on your investment returns. And to give you the simplest idea, if we just if we just keep using the one afterpay share as the example. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> if you if you bought one afterpay share for $102 and you bought it through Superhero, it would be $5 brokerage. So effectively, the cost of your share was $107. So it needs to go above $107 before you start making money. If you did that through another broker, let's say they charged you $20, you need Afterpay to go to an all-time record high yeah. of $122 for you to break even. So that's that's the difference. That's where it becomes really important. And that's where that's where the whole online and, and full service comes in, into play as well. So that it comes back to the fees. And fees impact your performance. Mm. If you bought it for a, through a full service broker <laughs> for a $125 fee, yeah. you would need it to double in price. Yeah. Yeah. And more. And they, probably more. Would, they probably wouldn't Plus even take the order. To, to be even. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that, that in its simplest form shows how significant the impact of fees can be. And time after time, you know, we'll have the community say, you know, I've just bought these stocks, but it's saying that I'm down. Why am I actually lose money on mm. this? And you must consider that brokerage is included and wrapped up in the price that you pay for that. So whilst you thought you bought it at 102, it'll probably say in your brokerage account, average price 107 or whatever it may be, it's taken into account the brokerage that you've paid. Yeah. And I think uh, one last thing that we should talk about when it comes to fees, um, when we're talking about brokerage, they're one-off costs. They're costs when you buy and sell, which is a little bit different to some of the other fees that we're talking about for things like ETFs or managed funds that are charged uh, annually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if you're if you're a buy and hold investor, you're uh, you're not going to be paying that fee that regularly. If you're trying to time the market and trade daily, then those costs really start to add up. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the second factor that is really close to our hearts here at Equity Mates, and that is all about access. Uh, you mentioned it before, John. Um, their access can mean a couple of different things, but the world is globalized now. The companies that we like investing in aren't necessarily available on the Australian Stock Exchange. Um, so can you talk us through 
what access means and why it's important? I guess access to, to global markets or to, to global investments is, is becoming more and more important. The world, the world is getting smaller and, and people do want to invest in the Teslas and Apples and, and Amazons of the world. So there's, there's a big decision to be made whether you do it through an ETF, whether you get broad exposure to all of the US tech stocks, all of the Asian tech stocks as a basket, that you don't need internet an international account for, or do you want in, like direct exposure to those shares? And it is, I reckon it's kind of cool to <laughs> to own Apple, yeah, um, yeah. own Tesla. Jeez, uh, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not advice, by the way. And you know, and I, I reckon there's a number of people who would be, and, and I would do it too, would be buying those some of those big tech names really just as you know to say hey i i own a bit of that but they've been standout performers for a long time so access is important in terms of international shares typically very difficult to get into from australia and there's there's all sorts of complicated tax regimes and things in place um stake is is obviously the the sort of the newcomer to the to the market and has really broken down some of those barriers to access international shares or us shares you can trade them through some of the big bank brokers through some of the other the other expensive um yeah it is expensive it's difficult to get accounts set up as well it's just it's just complex it shouldn't be so hard Mm. so yeah i think i think the the rise for the rise in demand for international is is strong and i think it'll continue um and it's yeah it's important to do your homework there as well so i think um you mentioned stake they offer access to the u.s market um there's a few brokers that try to access offer access to a number of different markets um and then there's a lot of brokers that offer access to the australian market but the important thing to keep in mind is that even if you just have access to the Australian market, you still are able to access overseas yeah. stocks through ETFs. Right. So it can get a little bit confusing, but yeah, it's um, you just have to understand like how it's not just what markets you want to access, but I guess how you want to access them as well. Uh, I think if you were looking at if you were looking at international, you you can't you don't really have to go past the US though. Well, I mean, like we, how many people trade on the international, on the on the Italian stock exchange? Yeah, right? well, hey, I love, hey, uh, I love uh, Italy. I love Italy. But you can intra- you can yeah, invest in New that York. through the US, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. so there's exposure. Like the major companies around the world, you mm, can get that exposure through true. the US. Yeah, and I, you can get most of the exposure through the Aussie market as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is a point in your journey, I guess, where you may get to a fork in the road and find yourself signing up to two different brokers and that is okay you might find that you want to do the stake option for your us and the superhero for your aussie access and that is totally fine so no one's really nailed the two together no 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 yet yes um i say no more (laughs) so yeah it, it is okay to go down that route if you want access directly but as we've said before if if you want um indirect access i guess through etfs then that is an option that you can do through the australian stock exchange yep so john we've touched on the two i guess major factors uh well the two major factors that we really think about here at equity mates are cost and then uh access to different markets 
there are a number of other factors. And as you said before, a lot of these factors are really influenced by, I guess, your investing style, how you want to invest, how you want to trade. Um, and it'll be a bit of a different strokes for different folks situation, um, depending on what your investing style is. So maybe let's start with uh, that term investing style. What do we mean by that? And how do you figure out your, what your investing style is? Well, I think the, 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 the first thing you've got to work out is what, like, what's your investment strategy? What are you trying to achieve? That's, that's the key. And you see, we see a lot of people coming on and just start trading yeah. to trade yeah. with no, and, and I've seen it through my career as well, with no goal in place. Like when you put on a trade, you should think about what you want the return of that trade to be. Does it achieve it? When it achieves your goal, do you close out the position? You know, these, these are all the things, you know, if it drops below a certain price, do you close out the position? Do you de- average down? If it goes up, do you average, you know, do you average up, do you increase the position? So I think the, the investment, you need to think about your investment strategy yeah. and that ultimately drives what style of investment you, you, yeah. you, you can undertake. Yeah. Um, if, if your goal is to generate a 2% return on every trade, then you could be trading frequently. Yeah. You know, 2% up, you sell, 2% down, you sell, then you're going to be trading back and forth all the time. That on, that strategy honestly sounds like my worst nightmare, I've got to say. <laughs> well, for me, I, I don't trade a lot. I, I pick, you know, specific companies that I really like mm. and, and back them and hold them for a long time and, and see, them, see them play out. They don't always work. Yeah. Some of them do. Some of them have. A lot of them haven't. Um, so it, it really just depends on, on what you're trying to do. As Buffett says, you will always make money in the stock market over the long term. Mm. And if you look if you look back, and what's that what's that saying? Past performance, Past performance doesn't, isn't, isn't an indicator of future performance. Future yeah. performance. <laughs> but if you look back over time, the market always goes up. Mm. It's just over the long term. Over the long yeah. term. So if you pick the high to the low of yeah. the GFC, obviously the market went down. But if you pick the high of the GFC to, to now, like the market's yeah. the market's up. Yeah. So if you if you it's and and another Buffett quote, it's time it's time in market, not timing the market yeah. that, that makes you the money. So that's that's what I think you need to to really look at. I think it's I think it's investment strategy before you can work out what style of investor you are. Yeah, yeah. So let's um let's use two of those examples that you touched on there to illustrate some of these factors. Let's say the uh, the more trading focused strategy where you're just trying to get a couple of percent in quick, you know, quickly and do it over and over again. And then that long-term buy and hold, finding good companies a la, you know, sort of Warren Buffett style. Um, let's use those two examples to sort of illustrate some of these other factors. Um, a factor that we often talk about is around um, information and I guess like, uh, you know, analysis, you know, like broker reports, um, even things like live data, I guess, comes under information Using those two different sort of investing styles, uh, how should they think about information um, and the different information that different brokers offer? Yeah, so my, I'll say criticism, my issue with, with broker research is it's the opinion of one person. Mm. And maybe there's an investment committee behind it, but it's really, it's just an opinion. And let's face it, broker research yeah it's a contrary indicator yeah so 
yeah, some people do look to, to broker research. I've read broker reports and used it as part of my analysis, part of my research process. And you can read three different broker reports about the same company and you can form your own view about it because they're usually conflicting. Yeah. So I, I think that that should only be an element just because one bank or one brokerage has a buy recommendation on it doesn't mean it's going to go up. That, that's not, you shouldn't be solely relying on that. But in terms of information that you could expect from a broker or that would help you from a broker, I think if you were an active trader, having, having a good reporting system would be, very, would be very handy. Because you're trading so frequently, you've got realized capital gains or capital losses that would build up over, over time. And if you're trading 10 times a month, you've traded 120 times throughout a year, there's, there's capital gains and capital gains tax or losses that are going to apply to your tax on every, on every trade. Mm -hmm. So having a system to report on that mm -hmm. would be very helpful. Not all brokers do that. Typically, and even the full service brokers, they'll just give you a transaction summary yep. for the year and say, at 30 June, this is what you held. So then you've got to work it out or you've got to go to your accountant and they've got to work it yeah, out. Yeah. And they send you a nice bill at the end of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we do all of that reporting at Superhero for you. It's part of the account that, that you get with us. Or you can use some of the other guys in the market, like like ShareSite. Yeah. So very like we've got similar, very similar reports built into our platform as them, but but they are tracking your portfolio. So I think that is a key piece of information that would really help. The other one is tracking dividends, tracking in, income, and franking credits, and how all of that flows through to to your year end tax as well. Those are those are critical pieces of information when you're investing. So I, I think that would be equally as important as, as broker research or, or possibly more important because you can go and do research around the internet. You can, you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to um, interviews with management, read company statements that are available through the ASX. Those, those things can be found anywhere, for, mostly for free. Mm. But I think it is that account reporting that is that is very important. So on that account reporting point, if I'm online trying to do research on different brokers, how do I find out um, what a broker does in terms of this account reporting? Yeah, it's not it's not very transparent across the other brokers, and and typically typically a broker is there just to facilitate a trade. Yeah. And at the end of the financial year, they'll just give you a statement like you get from your bank statement. They won't work out all of the individual capital gains and the income and, and stuff for you. There are platforms that do it for you. ShareSite's one, that is just the reporting. But there's NetWealth, there's Hub24, there's some of the, the premium, there's some of the bigger platform companies that tend to tend to work with full service brokers more than, than the online guys. But the online guys don't typically provide those those that sort of detail in their reporting i haven't seen it i haven't seen it mm. anyway so we've touched on live data that is another consideration um not all brokers offer live data if you do want it it's usually a premium service but as you mentioned john if you're just looking to get into a stock and you're not doing day trading or trading by the minute it's probably not worth considering um obviously charting tools as well is another piece of information that some investors are looking at um, although you can get that free online as well the yahoo finance the google finance plenty of charts available yeah i think part of this conversation <laughs> needs to be like what a broker's doing that we need brokers to do and what's things that they offer 
but other services also offer at a better yeah. price or better. Yeah. And, you know, like charting tools, uh, you mentioned share site there. Like a lot of this stuff is sort of like not core business for brokers. And yeah. so it's kind of like a nice to have. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of those things are done better by companies that specifically focus just on charting. Mm. So then let's move to functionality and you've mentioned reporting, but um, I guess a big one for us when it comes to functionality is around the types of orders that you can place and also the user experience. Like, you know, you've mentioned that some feel like you're running an Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, yours feels a lot more up with the 21st century, but um, do you think order types is something that a beginner investor should be thinking about when they sign up to a broker? There's, there's different order types and there's different levels of sophistication with, with different order types. The two, the two typical ones are a market order. A market order is when you place an order for a dollar amount of shares and it will, it will buy or sell up to that dollar amount. So it'll, it'll get you the closest number of shares to that dollar amount. So you could put in $1,000. Chances are you're going to end up buying $989.50 worth of stock because it will round it down to the nearest whole unit. Um, so that's a market order for a sell. It would, it would do the same thing. The, the, or you could put, you could put a, a unit amount in. So you could say, I want to buy 10 shares at the market price. Um, the other one is a limit order. So you could say, I only want to buy my one afterpay share at $102. It's currently 102.50. So you're not going to buy it. It's above the order price, but if it drops down, you will only pay 102. You won't pay more than that. Yeah. So let me ask you both a question. Um, do you, either of you use limit orders when you put a trade on? Like, do you have a very specific price that you won't pay above? Personally, no. Nah, I use market orders as well. Same, yeah. same. And But I look at the spread sometimes if there's a risk that it's going to go in market at something that's yeah. a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Then. But it depends how much you're trading as well. Like if you're putting on a fifty thousand yeah, dollar order, true, you're probably going to use a market a limit mm -hmm. order. Yeah. If for, if for, you're putting on a market order for you know thousand for a thousand bucks, you like it doesn't really. Yeah. For me, it's just like a risk reward thing. The the risk of overpaying like a little bit, um, and you know, but actually getting that stock that I think is good compared to missing out because I wanted to pay like a cent less. And then feeling that pain as the stock runs, it's just yeah. I, I had this I had this argument with one of my colleagues when I was a broker, and it was about zip, because I I I used to pay up for zip, and they would always sit back. And they're like, why did you pay eighty nine and a half cents for that? Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference yeah, that exactly. I paid one yeah. or <laughs> half a cent difference, and and you know they're still sitting back there at eighty eight, waiting for it to mm. to drop back. Um, so, you know, I think there, there's that risk reward bit, you yeah. know, do you just want to buy the shares? You might pay one cent more now, mm. but in two weeks, in two months, in two years, what's the price difference going to be? And is the two cents going to make a big yeah. difference? I think where limit orders become quite useful is if you're charting or if you're day trading and you've identified like certain levels, um, where you think the stock's going to move, um, then, then it can become a really useful tool. But uh, for me, if I'm thinking of holding a stock for 10 years, I'm not going to worry about, you know, a tiny little cent here, cent there. Yeah. yeah. 
We'll go through that in a little bit when we talk about the actual process of buying in the next episode. Uh, I guess to close out the functionality piece, do all brokers offer the same order types? Do they, you know, stop loss, for example, um, limit market? Yeah, they're, they're different across the board. So we, we only have limit and market orders at the moment. We'll look to expand our order set in the future. But you will see some brokers that offer stop losses. They offer trailing trailing orders as well. So you can, you can follow a share price on its way up and buy it or sell it when it gets to a certain price. And you can follow a share price down as well and buy it and sell it at a certain price. So if you bought your one afterpay share, you could set a price that if it got to 110, it would sell. And at the same time, if it dropped to $90, you could sell it at 90 to cut your losses. Yeah. So there are different order types. There are, they, they do differ across, across brokers. Um, there's, no, there's no magic order types that exist only for one particular broker. They're standardized order types that are set by the ASX. It's just whether particular brokers offer those order types into the market. Yeah. Now, there's one last question that we got from a listener around orders that um, I particularly liked. Um, we're all we're big fans of um, dollar cost averaging on the show here, um, you know, just putting consistent amounts of money in the market over a long period of time. Um, and a listener asked, um, is there a platform that allows for automated investments on a regular basis? And not, not in the micro investing a few cents here, a few cents there, but more for, you know, full orders. Um is there so like I want to buy a hundred dollars worth of zip every month? Every month, yeah, and it just not yet automate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that uh, yeah. that idea you yeah. can have for free? It's not <laughs> yeah. my idea; yeah. it's a listener's idea. But um, it's a good it's a good one. I never thought of that, especially well, I with ETFs. I, I think there is, you know, I think the we've got the savings accounts, which are bank accounts, and now we've moved into micro investing, which is small amounts going into a managed fund. And there's companies that, that offer really great user experience and it's a really great way to get your foot into investing. But then there is a big divide between micro-investing and stock and stockbrokers mm-hmm. and broking where you're actually going and buying X amount of shares or X amount of money today at this price and then you own the shares. There's a divide there. So I think there is a great opportunity to have a product that you can – on a regular basis, top up and, yeah. and invest. Yeah. It just it just doesn't exist in the market right, yet. Right, there, yeah, yeah, there we Maybe go. Maybe we'll try and beat you to the punch Watch and do them. an yeah. equity <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so to close out, um, there are a couple of other factors. We've mentioned customer service is is one that's close to Ren's heart. He doesn't really know how to use his broker <laughs> platform, so he's always calling up customer service. Um there's the look and feel of it. Um, but I guess the other thing is getting your money in and out, I guess we can close out on that, is is something that probably not many people think about. But once you're in, it can be a bit daunting. Holy shit, can I get this? Can I not? So um, is it an easy process? Well, it is actually a question that gets asked all the time of us. Mm-hmm. We So in terms of getting money in, at the moment, we are the only broker that uses PayID, so you can fund your account in real time. So you can set up your account. I think it takes a little bit longer than buying your Amazon socks, um, <laughs> but you can you can set up an account in in a couple of minutes. You can pay ID into your account, so your cash is there straight away, and you can invest today. In terms of getting your money back out, the ASX, and this is an ASX 
set uh, settlement policy. But your, your, when you trade your shares today, your shares will only settle two days later. So it's called T plus two, trade day plus two days. So when you sell your shares, it takes two days for the cash to come back into your account. Now on Superhero, you can go to the same day and trade and buy other shares with that cash, but you couldn't put it back into your bank account mm -hmm. until Superhero as the broker receives the cash back through the ASX and then, and then it's available for you to, to withdraw. In terms of pulling settled cash out of your account, that that process should be as easy as transferring doing a bank an online yeah, bank transfer yeah. and that's and that's what we've got with superior you can put your bank account details in bsb and account number and you can transfer your money out pretty pretty seamlessly and it and it's usually overnight um sometimes intraday but but yeah usually overnight mm. so you can fund your account in real time and you can pull your your, your cash out overnight through through us I, there's there's other guys who are doing you know similar sort of with withdrawals I'm, I'm yet to see anyone who can who can do same day funding um but yeah i think that the, the whole market is moving in that direction yeah yeah oh it better be moving in that, di that direction yeah. if i have to fill out a paper-based form to get money out i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of there <laughs> so a lot of factors to consider when it comes to opening a uh, broker account but look i think the the key message is for us personally it's uh it's a fee-based factor to begin with and then looking at access to different markets because there's a whole world of opportunity out there but i think also don't get caught up on finding the perfect broker you can start your journey and easily move to brokers that suit your investing style as you go yeah i'm going to take it a step further it's not even about don't get hung up on finding the best broker if you found uh, the worst possible broker for you, like charge too high fees, had terrible access. It's still worth just getting started. Yeah, just get started. Because one, you're investing, and two, you'll very quickly figure out what you like and what you don't like about the platform. Yeah, and it'll make your next choice a lot easier. Yeah, nice. Well, John, as always, good to chat. Thanks for having. We'll me be closing again. out the broker basic series with Superhero in the next episode, where we're going to talk about making the trade and then managing the portfolio. Awesome. If you want more Can't information wait. on Superhero, head to superhero.com.au uh, to check it out. Thanks, guys. This podcast is a production of Equity Mates Media. Any views expressed by the podcast hosts or any guest are their own and do not represent the views of Equity Mates Media or any other employer or associated organisation. Always remember, all information contained in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of this podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to our disclaimer page where you can find resources to search for a registered financial professional near you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.